Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless possible. I remember one of my first dinners I had at the football club. It wasn't a, a, a Geelong thing, it was like an AFL thing and I was sitting around the table. I would have only been 19 and not one of the men asked me a question. And at the end of the dinner, one of the high execs said, oh, I'm sorry, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, if you really want to know, I'm actually at uni, but you don't, do you? And Tom's like <laughs> kicking me under the table and I'm like, don't you dare kick me under the table. And Tom's like, don't do that. I'm like, you know what, I don't care where I am. That's just bad manners. Yeah. Of course. Hello and welcome to this special interview episode of Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart women. Today we'll be joined by the very talented Emma Hawkins, who is a marketing expert, blogger, the lifestyle director of Yellow Glen and wife of AFL star Tom Hawkins. We sat down with Emma in her management's office to talk about life in the public eye, what it's like to have 100,000 people following your life, pregnancy and juggling your own career aspirations with your husbands. Here's Emma. <laughs> Emma, thank you so much for joining us Thanks today. Thanks for having me. Of course. We're going to start off with the first question that we ask absolutely everyone. Even each other? Even each other, which is what have you been consuming this week? So listening to, watching, reading? Yeah. Um, ten Little Fingers, Ten Little Toes. <laughs> this is new. <laughs> What's this one? It's a, it's a really famous book. <laughs> Do you find you're just... The Hungry I Caterpillar. I assume, that's what I was going to say. I assume these are children's books. Do you yeah. find you just... Reading the same ones over and over. Is that how it works? I remember when I was pregnant, I would sit in Belle's nursery that we set up and I would read books like while she was in my tummy. Yeah. That was the stupidest thing ever because I was going to read those so many times. Oh, that's so interesting because I thought that's what they I said you meant what, to do. Yeah, I thought that too. but That it's a clever thing to do to read to the baby before it's born. Yeah. I don't know if it's clever for your sanity yeah. because you have to read those books so much in the That's next few so, years do you have time then to consume anything for yourself like for no your I, yeah I do I'm in the car a lot so yeah. I yeah listen to a lot of podcasts um which ones do you like I am either podcasts like this <laughs> you don't have to be polite it's fine <laughs> uh crime yes um yeah, I'm into like the ABC crime stories. ABC or... do crime yes. so well. Did you get into the teacher's pet? Yep. Did you? Yes. Uh, serial, 
And then I'm also into this. The, uh, the, the only thing I really consume, which is tragic, but it's just, you know, when you're so busy, like you just want to switch off. So I'm a big reality TV. Oh That's really good for your sanity. I love it. it. You know what? It makes me feel like I've got my shit together. Yes. I look at their lives and I'm like, it's not... I'm, I'm not, not that crazy. Bad. <laughs> I'm not that crazy. I'm so normal. Which ones in particular? Um, the American ones. Really? Actually, I've watched a bit of the Melbourne ones and I just couldn't because it was almost like too close to home. It was yeah. odd seeing it in your city. And I like the fact that the Housewives of Atlanta, New Jersey, Beverly Hills, like it's so far-fetched. It's, it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. I haven't seen any of the oh, American so ones. Good. Is it really that outrageous? It's so outrageous. I do have a question for you about TV shows. Yes. Not a reality show. Playing for Keeps oh, on yeah. Channel 10. Oh, did one. you watch it? I watched the first episode. What yeah. did you think? Um, Inaccurate? <laughs> tell you what, if you'd asked me that six weeks ago, I would have said yes, but with the stuff that's gone on in the off-season. <laughs> yes. Mm, interesting. Wow. It <laughs> has been a big off-season. It's been a really big off No, The Daily Mail has had an absolute <laughs> riot. They have. Um, I thought it was... From a from a TV drama perspective for Australian TV, I think it's good, and mm. we need to support more of that. They had a great wardrobe. Um, the cast was fantastic. Yeah, I personally couldn't relate to anything in there. Yeah. I didn't have uh, anyone coming and taking me to Dior to dress yes. me up for a game. Yes, um, that would have been lovely, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be the glamour? <laughs> yeah, that's what I find interesting. Is that do you know if they consulted anyone on it? They I've did. heard they they did. Yeah, but I don't know. A hundred percent. Wasn't you then? Definitely wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> the deal thing. Um, Emma, what we wanted to do, I want to take you back to the start. When you were really young, what kind of person did you envisage yourself to be or what did you want to do with your life? Um, I wanted to do, I was always outgoing. I always loved the arts and theatre. I never knew really what I wanted to do. I still don't a hundred percent know. <laughs> Does That's want? comforting. Um, we're all faking it yeah, till we make yeah. it. It's true. I always knew I wanted to do something that involved people and being around people. Yeah. I'm an extrovert. Um, yeah. I grew up in um, Daniloquin, which is a really small country town, and it was an amazing childhood. And I went to boarding school when I was 13. As an extrovert, were you an extrovert as a child? Yes. And how was that growing up in the country then? Was yeah, it was enough fine. outlets for... Uh, I was, my parents were pretty clever in that I was riding horses every afternoon. Yeah. I was at a horse show every weekend. I was at the local netball mm-hmm. team. Um, and then, yeah, I went to Melbourne when I was 12, turning 13. So it was pretty young to mm. head away. But I was, like, I think I broke my mum's heart. She left me at the boarding house and mm. I was like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> I'm ready. This like, is my new life. I saw the city lights and I, I yeah. felt home. I loved it. Yeah. And that gave me a lot to do through my teens Mm. um I kind of I got involved in everything at school I was just a real and I was also taught that if you're given an opportunity you take it and you participate even if you're not good at it Mm. um you just you know you have to take what's presented in front of you and don't waste anyone's time and if you make a commitment you do it yeah I think the older I get the more I realize you just got to fake it till you make it yeah even if you because you're never going to feel prepared enough no matter what it is whether it's work or a hobby or whatever you're never going to feel prepared. No. And it's way better just to dive into something. Yeah. So you went to school in Melbourne and yes. then you went on to uni and did marketing communications. Yes. That's right. Yep. What was it that drew you to that? Was it just... I didn't know exactly what I mm. wanted to do, so... Story of my life. Yeah. But it seems the communications degree is kind of good for that. In that yeah, you can it was know a you double um, arts comms. Yeah. So I double majored in criminology in the end. I picked up crim as an art elective 
because it fit well in my timetable <laughs> and I didn't want to go out to Clayton. Fair enough. <laughs> like five we don't blame you for that. Yeah. Five times it's a, a week. Beautiful concrete campus out there. <laughs> a wind tunnel. Yeah. It's a great university. Yeah. Um, so I picked my subjects based on the fact that I'd only be there three days a week. I think a lot of people do that. I do the exact same thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so, but I ended up loving uni. I loved really? learning. I, I always loved school. Uh, I wasn't the most academic. I wasn't, I was, you know, an average student, but I found it really tough, like hard work learning. I really had to make a big effort and go above and beyond. Whereas uni, I loved everything I was learning. I did film and television, criminology, um, lit, a, a range of things that I got to choose for the first time. And because I liked them, I did really well there. Mm. Um, so I loved uni and then did arts comms because I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do. I always thought I wanted to do PR, um, but then I didn't. I think PR, once you learn more what and more it what it's actually <laughs> yeah. about, it's very daunting. Well, it seems very like glamorous, never. but I, I think the reality of it is less glamorous. It's a lot of rejection. It's a lot of putting yeah. yourself out there. And, like, imagine if you're working for a client that's really – like, imagine pushing yeah. dog food every day or something. Mm-hmm. That it could be really exciting for your first month. <laughs> No, it's true. Well, as journalists, we get a lot of phone calls from PR people pitching stories. And I love when a good one comes along. But the reality is we cannot do every story that comes to us. Yeah. But I think it's good knowing PR or sales in any – no matter what you do in the future. So after I finished uni, I actually – I went and travelled for six months and then I came back and I was a little bit cocky. I was that generation that was like, I've had a great school, I've gone to – a great uni, like, where's my job? <laughs> Come to me. Yeah, and I was, was, you know, that new generation of this cockiness, which it took me a while to get a job, and then I interviewed at, it was ACP magazines mm. at the time, it's now Bauer, and I think I had maybe 12 interviews for different magazines mm. in a sales position, and I wasn't sure I wanted to do sales, um, but I got an amazing opportunity working at Gourmet Traveller in an account management yeah. role, which is a big role for someone just out of uni, um, and, you know, my dad said, well, even, well, no, I remember actually the director said, how do you, if we give you the job, how do we know that you'll stay? Cause you've never done this before. How do you know if you'll like it? And I just said, well, I can tell you, even if I don't like it, I'll stay because I've made a commitment. Mm-hmm. And that's what my parents have always taught me. If you, if you commit, show up, rock up and do your job. Yeah. Um, so I did, and I ended up really liking it. And I think no matter in the future, it was good because if going on starting my own businesses and doing my own thing, you need to know sales. Yes. Even if you're an accountant, you've got to know how to sell yourself, your skills, your product. Anything. It's a very hard thing to do. It is. I think that's something we've learned recently, getting sponsors on the podcast now, is we have just had a revelation that we're like, these are skills that we need for yeah. life. Yeah. And it's hard to and sell yourself. It's awkward selling yourself. Oh, it's- I can sell like that paper clip on the table. <laughs> but if it's yourself, you don't want to come across as arrogant or and mm. I think that's a very Aussie thing it's this tall yeah. poppy syndrome like we can't get too ahead of ourselves totally. we can't you know embrace ourselves too much yeah. in our skills because we feel embarrassed to do yeah. so mm. especially as women as well there's the Australian mm. thing because people really value uh humility in Australia but also being a woman like trying to save yourself as a woman is really hard it is yeah. it's really hard I think one of the things I admire about you is I've been thinking a lot about the media and marketing and everything is that you've 
done it yourself. You did your time at ACP and then Bauer. Yeah. But you, it feels like you've really created your own type of work and your own brand yeah. yourself. And I think that's very 2018 and of the, <laughs> very of the moment. It feels kind of old school now to work for a traditional company or have like a nine to five, whereas you have all these different yeah. things going at the same time that you've created off your own back and you've done it yourself. Thank you. I think it's um, it was really important to get that old school foundation. I had a manager who at the time I thought – I compared her to the Devil Wears Prada, like she, the amount of times I cried at the car, or, but it turned out she taught me so many lessons yeah. and I really thank her for that, like, you know, 10 years on, but at one point I got to, I think I was moving, I was trying to move to Geelong and I was finding it all a bit hard being in Sydney, Melbourne, Geelong, and was also, and this is no disrespect for the women that choose to do it, but I kind of was looking at a lot of the mums in, the, in that big corporate workplace and the hours that they were pulling, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't of know course. if I want to work. At, the, at that time, we were working eight till eight. The hours yeah. were crazy, and it's like, for what, to get to that management role and still work those work hours? Work more hours. Yeah. I kind of thought, well, why don't, I might go and try and do something myself, and probably what a lot of people don't know on social media is... I dedicate one to two days a week doing contract marketing. Yeah. For, like this week I just finished with a finance company. I saw you. Um, did you recently update your Instagram bio to put the marketing thing in there? Yeah. Was that deliberate? Yeah, it was because I think so many people are confused with what I do. And going back to your point and what I was saying before, it's, it's hard to define what I do, but mm. that's 2018 and I think that's a good thing. It I like is. lots of different things to keep me stimulated. So... Um, on Monday, I'm at home at the farm with Belle as a mum. That's my set day. On Tuesdays, I usually work a contract job. And some of these contracts will go from three months to six months. Yeah. And that's media buying for the media planning. And then on a Wednesday, I might dedicate something to Waddle Health or Treasury Wines mm-hmm. and the social stuff I do. And then on Thursday, we see. Um, and then Friday, I'm back at the farm. Mm. Um, but it's, it's flexible as a mother. And that's all I wanted to work my ass off to get to. To yeah. have something that I could be flexible with work. Of course. Absolutely. When you started dating Tom, how conscious of you as you were sort of trying to build your own career that his career was so public and how did you sort of navigate how your own would be seen or whether yours was going to ever take priority? Um, did it cross your mind? Yeah. At the, towards the end, at the start, not really. Like we finished school. He went to Geelong. I stayed at Monash. And you met early. You met, met 17, early. right? Yeah, I knew him long before that. Mm-hmm. We just started you know, hooking up. <laughs> <laughs> As they do. Um, but I was doing my own thing and he was doing his own thing yeah. and we'd kind of meet in the middle and then I went travelling and then I was working in Melbourne and we always made it, we were very conscious to do our own things yeah. and I think the only reason why we worked through those years when we were in our 20s was because I was with someone who was like happy for me to go. go. Spread yeah. wings. Do my thing, do what I need to do. If I had someone that wasn't willing we just wouldn't have made it and we yeah. grew up like we are, we're different different people from when mm. we were 18 but we've managed to grow up and change and evolve together and even still like Tom knows exactly who I am I remember one of my first dinners I had at the football club it wasn't a, a, a Geelong thing it was like an AFL thing and I was sitting around the table I would have only been 19 and not one of the men asked me a question oh, not one you're kidding and at the end of the dinner one of the high execs said, oh, I'm sorry, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, if you really want to know, I'm actually at uni, but you don't, do you? And Did you say that? Up. Yeah, and Tom's <laughs> like, 
kicking me under the table. And I'm like, don't you dare kick me under the table. And Jim's like, don't do that. I'm like, you know what? I don't care where I am. That's just bad manners. Yeah. Of course. That's and really I'm not going to sit here next to you for the next however long and not be spoken to. That's just rude. Do you think that's evolved over time, that sort of culture yes. of inclusion with the women and that you guys being the priority too? So much. Really? Like, especially at our football club. Our footy, I can't speak for other football clubs, but mm. ours is amazing. And I think generally in the AFL, it's, it's definitely evolved. Because there was at a time where you would feel, whether, and Tom, it made Tom feel uncomfortable as well, but you would feel like, no one gave a shit about you. Yeah. Or, or you're an accessory. You're, you're just there to look pretty. And all the questions would end up being about Tom. And it's quite, we're probably the opposite. I'm the one that loves questions and speaking <laughs> about myself. He hates it. He's not the interesting one. <laughs> I am. That's what you should He's do. He's definitely said. interesting, but he yeah. doesn't like talking about course, himself. Where exactly. Me, on the other hand, <laughs> ask me the questions. Um, but you evolve and everyone there's just something in anyone's industry or life I guess it, mm. it is what it is um, how do you feel about the term wag I think it's it's obviously been around forever and it used to have quite a negative connotation whereas like with playing for keeps now people are very inherently interested in the lives and the careers and the stories behind the women no I don't like the term at all mm-hmm. um, I think it would be very easy for me to sit here and say well if you just take it with a grain of salt and to say it and it is what it is you're technically a wife and a girlfriend but the fact of the matter is, and the reality is, it has a negative connotation and there is nothing similar to a man. They, they don't get That's something true. in front of their name. And I think... It Boyfriends re- and husbands. Yeah, bars. Bars. <laughs> And I think, like, you you see someone like Beck Judd still get introduced in the papers as a wag. I'm sorry, but... She's not a wag. And she she's would an be... an entrepreneur and a businesswoman. Oh, absolutely. Like, she's one of the wag. strongest brands in the country. Yeah, and I think... There's no denying I would be it would be remiss of me to say that that term I haven't used that term or that position to my benefit at some mm-hmm. points like you have to admit that mm. um, but I think maybe I've been exposed to certain people who have helped me in my career or maybe there've been a few more windows but I'd be stupid not to take them. Absolutely. Cool. I, would be a ba- I would be a bad businessman not to take <laughs> it, them. Exactly. It's savvy to use the position that you're in. And I mean, you can only use your things. position. If you're shit at what you do, you don't get another job. Well, this is the thing. There's only, this is the thing. There's only one Rebecca Judd. There's only one Nadia Bartel. There's only one Emma Hawkins. Like, not every wag makes a name for themselves and builds a company and off what they're doing. And not everyone wants to. No, exactly. Because they don't need to. Um, yeah. A lot of them are mums, lawyers, doctors, nurses Mm, um they don't need to but if you want to build something that involves branding and awareness then use like it would be it is to me not that much different than my friends who are lawyers who have used their friends whose parents or everyone's partners at a law firm to get an interview it's true it's all everyone does it it's all who you know yeah almost always just got to use those opportunities and if you're not good at what you do you won't get the job yeah and you won't get the one after it either You do have 100,000 people following you on Instagram. Yeah. How do, you, how do you feel about that? Because it's, so weird. it's weird when you, I think um, as our podcast has grown, we've realized this as well. We don't have 100,000 listeners, but we do have a significant, got a lot. A significant amount of listeners. I think we realize that you don't, you see that number, you're like, okay, that's a number. And then you might meet someone out who knows who yeah. you are, or you might encounter an situation. You forget that people are listening to what you say or what yeah, you Yeah, where you realize those people are numbers. How does it 
feel to know that you have that many people following your life and knowing who you it's are? It's quite weird. And I've definitely been a bit more calculated the last few years. Like, I've, I've never found it too weird, people knowing Tom and I, because sometimes I assume they just know me because of Tom and or Geelong's a small town. Mm. But I find it odd when people come up and they like know Belle. I'm like, that's yes, and that's I true. but I love sharing her. But I'm I'm thinking maybe I might take her off when she's three. Mm. I don't I don't. We're the first generation going through it's this. Very true. So it'd be great if we could see someone else before us <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> it's like how did those kids turn out? We're the we're the guinea pigs. Um, but I've spoken to a lot of women in the industry about that, and it's each their own. I've like one of my friends said it's a part of life. It's a part of my life, and I choose to introduce them to it so they are educated and aware yeah. mm. rather than shield them from it and then mm. when they get older it's just what is this world what is this mm. beg your pardon and then the the other side is their privacy their their so their digital footprint i'm always i always i've got strict rules with bell with what i put up i never do you know things in the bath or things that yeah. i think would embarrass her down the track I never post live locations anymore either. Yeah. I'll, I'll do an Insta story once I've left. Mm. or So little things like that I'm a bit aware of. And I think it's a hard balance because you get a good engagement if you're open and honest and real. But then you also open yourself up to mm. some scary things out there on the digital world. Like I've never been bullied in my life until I'm a 30-year-old mother. Like that's insane. Mm. Um, but then people say, well, you choose to put yourself on, which is no excuse. Um, it's still all new and it's changing yeah. so quickly. But when you put yourself out there for sure and people can critique what you do but they can't troll you for the no. choices that you make, which I think is definitely the difference. I'm pretty, yeah, I've been pretty lucky. I've only had a few, but like some people I know, it is brutal. Really? really? Yeah. Have you been affected by much online that's come your way? I, uh, a few times I did. There was a, I, um, Bell, I think it was the first time I felt that mother's, um, like guilt and it was when Belle was five months and I put a photo uh, Tom was holding her on, on a tractor, on the tractor I and I put that up and I thought it was the cutest photo mm. ever and then I was, was blasted on um, Mamma Mia yeah. which to me was devastating because I was a reader I loved it I looked up but I'm like you are publicly shaming a new mum here mm, yeah. and I never said any this is probably the first time I've just chose to ignore it but mm. Tom's always said if you're not comfortable receiving the bad then you shouldn't accept the good either that's what i find all the time is that it's all well and good for you to read all the praise but if you read the praise you've got to read the critique too and both can mess you up yeah and you've got to be okay with it and so i've always if it does start ever affecting me i i will remove myself yeah there's no point putting yourself totally through pain if you can't deal with it but it doesn't really affect me anymore like at all I would say, at the moment. Who knows, though? When Obviously, when it comes to parenting, there is stuff that you don't share. But what about when it comes to you? Are there experiences or parts of yourself that you don't share with the people that follow you? Um, yeah, heaps. Is it not as conscious? I probably just think it's boring. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think there's quite and a lot of my friends aren't involved in social media. Yeah. Like, I mean, you've got that community of industry women who I would definitely say are friends. But a lot of my... Um, you know, old school mates, like mm. they are not on social media <laughs> at all. Like yeah. one of my girlfriends, she was traveling last year and she said, Em, how do I get um, uh, hashtag sponsored for the trips? And I'm like, what, honey? And she's <laughs> like, when I'm traveling, is it like a big competition? <laughs> and I'm like, no, babe, when, you're, when someone says that, that means they've been paid for the person. She's like, 
oh, I thought it was like, sponsor me. <laughs> I'm traveling. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, no. That's um, amazing. <laughs> so I probably don't put a lot of my friend's side of things like that because they're not into it and they don't yeah. really care either. Mm. But that's kind of nice to it sort of nice. keep you yeah, grounded, yeah. quote unquote. It well, is just nice. have a world outside of it all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think there's pressure these days on women to share every aspect, like what's in all of their lives. Whereas I know in myself, I don't, like when I wake up in the morning with no makeup on, I'm not going to put that on Instagram. No. Not because I don't want women to be like, you're fine without makeup, <laughs> but because it's not, I just don't want to. Like we shouldn't have to share no, every aspect and of some our women life. do and I follow them and I think it's amazing because I relate to them but I'm your classic basically just share the highlight snippets mm. well most of us are yeah we were talking just before we started recording um you are pregnant and mm. you have hg mm-hmm. which is I can't tell pronounce me, it. I, I was going to say, tell hyper, me how to pronounce it. Hyper something, oh, Gabber yeah. something. Yeah. Girl, it is the, I feel like it's now well known as sort of like the Kate Middleton pregnancy. I know, when I had it with Belle, they were like, this is what Kate had. I'm yeah. like, oh, great, lucky me. She really put it on the <laughs> I don't feel like a princess. <laughs> but the other thing I was saying is you wrote a, a blog post for Wattle Health, which is one of your um, partners. Yes. Yeah. And you were talking about HD and I, I mentioned it was, I really noticed how in almost every second paragraph, you were very conscious that you were acknowledging that, yes, I'm pregnant and, yes, I'm really stoked yeah. about that, but also this is an experience that's really not fun. Yeah, I had, with Belle, I was pretty open about my pregnancy and I had a, a few women say, like, stop complaining or something, and I think that was maybe one of the, you know, when you were saying before, you can read all the good, but then you'll have mm. one bad and it stays with you. And, I'm, and I am really conscious that I don't want to complain, but I do struggle... Um, with it like I, I get hospitalized for it yeah. multiple times and it's hard with a toddler I don't have any family in Geelong mm. either so oh, that's so hard I don't have like my mum around the corner who can help and the last time I was hospitalized was when Tom was away for two days and I just <sighs> couldn't look after myself properly mm. um, but I am conscious that so many women do struggle to conceive and the last thing they want to hear about is someone struggling through their pregnancy because they would do anything but it is all relative as well. And since speaking openly about it, I have so many women, you know, say thank you so much. Like none of my friends get it. And then I start writing back to them because I'm like, none of my friends get it either. <laughs> is it quite lonely? Yeah, it is. So it's nice um, opening that stuff up online because I have um, networked and met a lot of women through this platform. I actually met someone who helped me with teething gel um, she's from Adelaide and then she was in Geelong one weekend and we caught up and had coffee oh, so and now we still catch up. So there's like a really good side to be in yeah. if you're confident enough to, I guess, expose yourself a little bit. Mm. Um, there's a lot of yeah benefits from it. But going back to the HG stuff, it's everyone's pregnancies um, are relative to them and so you've just got to remind yourself of that, I think. Yeah, of course. Where we sort of wanted to end today, because I think this is one of the most interesting parts about doing this podcast, is sort of the disconnect between being relatively well-known and being the person that you are and people not really knowing that. What do you think people don't see in you? Or maybe the biggest misconception. What is it about you that that you think people don't know? Oh, I don't know. Just stumped you. (laughs) Just a minute. I don't know. We have a misconception about being a wag. Maybe. And Michelle just freaked out when she used that term. (laughs) <laughs> not a very good farmer. I mean, I put a lot of farming stuff on my channels, but I'm Exposed. actually terrible. <laughs> That's quite funny. I'm really, really, like, from a girl who grew up in the country. Yeah, it's true. It's not like you're just a city girl turning it's not up on like, a farm. Yeah, it's not like I'm born and raised in the city and then plop, you're out on a farm in Geelong. Like, 
I should adapt pretty easily, and I do love it, but I'm actually terrible. <laughs> I mean, I leave gates open, um, but I love it, um, and it does feel like home. It has a, a very nostalgic feeling mm. like of my childhood, but I'm not very good at farming, even though on my Insta stories I'm... I'm pretending, to, pretending be. <laughs> to be. I am passionate about the industries, though, and I, I like using my platform to Well, that is that. really interesting because I don't think I personally on my feed get that anywhere else. No. Yeah, and rural women, I feel like it's there's so many stories that we don't normally hear because yeah. we're so focused on metropolitan areas and cities. Yeah, and I've had a lot of um, women who are um, living rurally that have connected me saying, you know, thanks for just showing us. And I understand our farm life on Instagram is not like the real deal, that, mm. especially at the moment with the um, horrific droughts that are that are happening. But a lot of women feel very isolated out in the country, um, especially from the glamour and the fashion, and they're very into that. So social media for them is a way to connect mm. and, and feel like they're staying on top of things mm. when they're so isolated. So I think social media in terms of yeah, regional Australia is really important. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really nice. And to finish, do you have a woman in the public eye that you look up to or who's inspirational for you? I have so many. Who are yours? Oh, women for me. I love Pandora Sykes, who's a bit she's of a random one, but I always pick her. No, she's not Australian. I think I look up to women like Zoe Foster Blake. I was going to mm-hmm. say someone like Simply Zoe Foster Blake. Simply because she's so entrepreneurial and savvy. And I think, again, like we could say that, yeah, she's been given connections through Hamish Blake being her husband. But at the same time, I think she has built such a glittering career for herself. And I think my thing for Zoe is that she's sort of making career cool, which is really important same. for young people. Yeah, I think she's... I, hundred percent agree with that i think she's making it cool fun and and empowering um i definitely have to say zoe um who else they might not necessarily even be like well known but i've got a lot of mentors like you know four or five and yeah. a lot of them are mums now um kate mcgrath who's the um chief uh, editor and chief of channel nine news yeah oh, wow um, yeah. yeah lots i think megan gale's amazing um it's funny because I saw Megan Gale referred to as a wag in one of oh the... She did not. That, in yeah, one of has. the galleries yeah, for yeah. the races, wag Megan Gale oh with her partner, with Sean, <laughs> AFL star Sean, Sean Hampson with partner and wag and Megan wag. Gale. Yeah, that's crazy. Ridiculous. Oh, my God, that just blew my mind. Yeah, Megan Gale's a great one too. There's so many. Mm. There's so many. It's true. And a lot sure of my if... friends, like, yeah. I just... Um, I'm such a believer in surrounding yourself, like... Lana Wilkinson, actually, she's amazing. She always comes out with the best quotes. One year she said to me, um, vision got bigger, circle got smaller. Mm. And it's all about you don't need a million people around you to make you successful or feel good. You keep, like, even if you've got four or five, that's all you need. Mm. It's, like, just a good, solid crew around you. And I feel like I've really got that. And I think if I could recommend, like, to young women, like, just choose your friends, choose your crew, choose your circle wisely. And and if they're good, just stick with them. They're the most inspiring. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. We love chatting to you. Yeah, it's been the best. Thank you so much for joining us for that special episode of Shameless. Emma Hawkins was an absolute delight. Zara and I basically fell in love with her by the end of that interview. She's so candid and honest and brilliant. We really highly recommend you go check her out on Instagram. She is at Emma Hawkins underscore, or you can go to emmahawkins.com. As for Zara and I, you guys know exactly where we are by now. We're on Instagram at Shameless Podcast 
or you can join our Facebook group, which is Shameless Celebrity Gossip. These interview episodes will probably be dropping in your feeds every three or so Thursdays. So we will be talking to some of the most brilliant people from your Instagram feed, and we hope you enjoy the conversations as much as we do. Thanks, guys. See you on Monday. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.